It's time for Inside Sports Medicine on Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket, with your host, Dr. Tio Soriao, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Get your sports medicine questions ready and call 888-787-1310. Good Saturday morning, everyone. Good Saturday morning and welcome to Inside Sports Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Tio Soriel, live in the studio. Live episode 851 for those of you keeping track. Fourth of July weekend. Going to be hot. Over the next hour, you're going to be informed, entertained, Hopefully learn something You new. were so focused on making sure you said one hour and not two. Yes, I was. I think it threw you off. You 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 nailed that. That other voice is Dr. Brad Ballard. The third voice you have yet to hear is Scott Blumenthal. On the other side of the glass, we have a new face. Crayson? Did Creighton, I, yes. With a T? A T. Got it. Creighton. And Jay. Good morning. Welcome. All right, everybody. Uh you miss me? Well, I wasn't on last week. Well, last week was the best stuff. So, did y'all miss us? Did y'all right. miss us? <laughs> now it's gone. What three of the four Saturdays in the June, and here in town, three of the four Saturdays in July. Excellent. So, so we we have a lot to talk about. So, it's funny if you guys have been with us for the last twenty two years, you know that just recently we went to a single hour, and that was our collective decision because the the first hour, especially in the winter, I mean, it's four in the morning when, yeah. when you get up and get ready and, and it was dark, but on a day like today, when at six in the morning, people are out and about and things are going and we have so much to talk about. You think, golly, maybe we should do two hours. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot to talk about. It's just nice outside. It is. It is. So we obviously, obviously are going to have some medical things to talk about. Um, our pre-production meeting this morning was just full of stuff. Anytime we do a best of and we have two weeks worth of material to cover for the next show, it's packed. Uh, and since we are sports fans without much credibility, uh, USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten? Yep. I mean, how can you be a sports fan and not comment on that? Well, as I said, walking up, I grew up in L.A. I was a UCLA-USC fan in high school. Of course, you had to pick. I was about to say, you, you, to you, you just said you were I was, almost like saying right. I was in Texas and well, Oklahoma We, we were split in my family. I, I sided with UCLA. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, and I went to a Big Ten school. So for me, this is just the perfect, perfect coming together of a lot of variables into, you know, an alphabet soup of great football, basketball, prime time. It's it's awesome. Yeah, a lot of history coming together with the with those teams going to the Big Ten. But I would have never thought, I'd have never thunk that USC UCLA being a Big Travel Ten used to be a big thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, and now okay, so you know. 10 of the 12 UCLA football games are now going to be in the Midwest or the, just doesn't make a difference anymore. Whereas before it was 
regional was that's how they did the conferences. Now yeah. it doesn't make a difference. Well, it think. was limited by travel. Right. You it know, was- and so, again, back in the olden days, you get on a bus right. and you go play the school on the other side of town. Or you fly commercial. Now now the universities have team planes. Exactly. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, a, whole, it, it's a whole other thing. I, I think the more interesting one is basketball where they play two games or three games a week and how they're going to do I don't know how that's basketball. Gonna work. I mean, what do they do? The kids have they do they have like one class or I mean they can't I don't take know a full load during well, basketball season if you're a basketballer. So it, well, you, you raise a, a very interesting point because everyone's focused on the football part of college sports. Mm-hmm. But how does lacrosse do it? Is 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 UCLA lacrosse going to fly to Rutgers to play I, I just don't know Did how you that, that works. That all th- that there are, and I'm not gonna, maybe I'm going to get it wrong, but there are two or three sports excluded from this deal. Oh, really? Yes. Um, volleyball, beach volleyball, and there's one other. Uh, well, that are be- that are exclude that are that the but, UCLA USC teams are not going to be playing Big Ten competition. That's because that's Big weird. Ten doesn't have it. Well, probably not. I can't imagine Big Ten has, has beach, beach volleyball. volleyball. <laughs> And there's, yeah. and there's one other sport, and I forgot. I'll have to look it up. But otherwise, all the sports now are are Big Ten. I'm a huge college football fan. Huge. I've always been. And and I've always rationalized it by saying, you know, I like the I like the amateur ap- ap- approach. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the the fact that they're playing for their school, not for the money. And now mm-hmm. all that's kind of gone. Do you think? Who is the big coach that went to USC this year? Lincoln Riley. Oh, right? Lincoln Riley, yeah. Do you think he knew that ahead of time, that this was probably going to go down? Or do you think, I get to USC, I'm planning for Pac-10, all this stuff, and what, we're going to the Big Ten the year after? Well, this had to have been in the works for a while. No, supposedly he jumped from Oklahoma to West Coast to avoid the SEC. the SEC. Right. Well, now he's in the middle of the boiling pot again. Yeah, but... I mean, can you imagine having to play... Michigan at Michigan, right? Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin. I mean, this is this is. uh, But but it's still not the SEC. Yeah, but obviously this has been in the works for a while. And if you're interviewing for a big time job, USC head football coach, that had to have been. Oh, by the way, this may be going down. I disagree with you. I don't. You think think it was a surprise for Lincoln? I think this was recent. I think this was. I think this was in the last six months. Hmm. It has. The, I'll have to. I'll have to call my LA contingent because <laughs> someone out there probably has more insight than we do. And I've already said we have no credibility. I've already said that. <laughs> uh, and you're right. I'm sure somebody knows this. But these kinds of deals, these kind of mega deals, um, usually come really fast, mm-hmm. really fast, because you can't keep it quiet. R- remember what happened when the English Premier League was going to split off and they were going to form a super league and like within a week after they made the announcement there were boycotts and they had to cancel it if that was in the works for a long time it would have never got to that point anyway that's just me yeah that's i mean if, me. if 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 we get leaks from the supreme court we're going to get leaks from uh exactly <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so um from the from the big 10 and yeah. i and i don't i don't want to leave our discussion on the face of college football without mentioning the name, image, and likeness, how that is impacting. Yeah. Everybody knows NIL is like a term that 
No one knew a year ago. And right. never, NAL, name, image, likeness. Yeah. Uh, and don't think that the uh, high school kids don't know that now oh, as well. Oh, man, dude. I mean, aren't, I mean they, can, they can get money already in, in high school. I mean, right? I mean, you, you can't if you're a high school player. You cannot? You cannot if you're in high school. Right. Okay. That's why um, now he's the University of Texas quarterback, Quinn Ewers, that's why he graduated from uh, high school early, left South Lake Carroll so he could take advantage of the NIL opportunities because he was the number one recruit. Right. Which, wow. So I he heard, left which high I heard early he... so he could get those NIL benefits. That's right. why he enrolled the semester early <laughs> at Ohio State. Which and... I heard, that's the reason why he pulled up in an Aston Martin that like, I didn't even see that, but that wouldn't shock me one bit. And it may it may just be hearsay, but I heard he he showed up to UT practice first day, and I asked him. Well, it's like last year when the NIL started, when uh, Spencer Rattler for OU he uh, did a dealership commercial for I think one of the Chevy or something like that. But he had they gave him two cars, and they're two super nice cars. One's wow. a pickup truck, and one was like a Camaro. Yeah, Quinn's wow. got like, like two gosh. or three cars. He's not even well. I guess he's OU's quarterback now. Or did he leave? No, he he left. And th- yeah, this was before he even uh, played a, a down at wow. OU. He was just that big of a recruit. No, he plays at uh, uh, South Carolina now. So you guys on the other side of the glass hang out with the pundits that really have credibility where we don't. It, has this been in the works for a while, this uh, Pac-12 breakup? So the, a super conference has been talked about since like, 2012 2013 that all the big power fives are going to come together and make like at least two super conferences that's been talked about for a long time but everyone just said you know it'll happen maybe one day maybe in the future maybe not at all and so there hasn't been really too much about it and so little teams have moved back and forth here and and there since then like you know the big 12 and like little things to the big 10 when nebraska and all those got added but uh so the college football playoff is and a lot of people don't know this the college football playoff with the trophy and all that stuff for football is a private endeavor. It's not an NCAA right. endorsed thing. Yeah. It's a private endeavor. It's a whole separate entity. And, and yeah. it, it, it was put together by the Power Five. Now, if the Power Five fall apart, and all of a sudden the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are insignificant, what's going to happen to the playoff? I'm sure they're are, are Is it just going to basically be two conferences? Big 10 SEC champion game? What, yeah, what if the what if the Big Ten and the SEC now do a two round? Exactly. I mean, exactly. The playoff will probably stay the same format that it is, but it'll be you know the two super conferences or like whatever it will be, you know, Big Ten and SEC. But we'll see maybe half of the Big Twelve end up one day leaving right. and yet, go to the right. and, uh, and make a third conference. Yet another yeah. reason Notre Dame should join the Big Ten. I'm telling you, Notre Dame should. Well, that stay news in. is happening currently right now. The Big Ten is waiting on no, what Notre Dame wants to do before they add. Uh, Washington and Oregon to if, the if Big I was, Ten. If I was a Notre Dame booster, which I am, I would say stay independent. <laughs> stay independent, young man. Have they called to ask your opinion? Nobody calls me. <laughs> no. Stay independent, young man. Look, they've been independent for 100 years. I mean, I but think that's, this a, that's the reason that you, you're making the argument not to stay independent. Because just because it's been that way for 100 years. It's all I mean, about dollars. Be, right. So it's if they can, make more, they can make more money being part of the Big Ten which you told me that the math works out that they can. Yeah, this is Big Ten just then, announced a huge billion-dollar TV deal, right? which means every member school is going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. See, in my world, and this crosses over to medicine, this is a great segue, uh, anybody who says that this is the way we've always done it so it must work, that's the argument to change. 
Same thing in medicine. If you go to a doctor who says, oh, I've done it this way since I came out of training, and it's always worked for me, things progress. They don't oh. stay the same. Flag, yes. flag oh, on no, you. Oh, no, no, no. Flag, flag on you. Because Double I've flag. always said that. Technical. I've said I've done ACLs this way for a long time, and it works. Oh, flag. Oh. Break. we got to take a break. <laughs> Inside Sports Medicine. I'll debunk his argument when we get back. We're coming back. Inside Sports Medicine with Dr. Tio Soriel, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Dr. Soriel's comments are meant for informational and educational purposes only, and not as a treatment. His comments are not a substitute for a visit with your doctor. And now, Dr. Tio Soriel. July 4th weekend in North Texas. No. Okay, thanks. All right. Yeah. Uh, what finally went and saw? Top Gun? Maverick. Okay. What'd you think? I liked, I loved it. The The best part was the beginning. I oh, loved yeah. The opening scene? The minute they do that, boom. You know what? There's a lot of people who haven't seen it. Okay. Hadn't seen it yet. Hadn't All seen right. it yet. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, opening scene. Opening is, scene. It's, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, welcome back to Inside Sports Medicine. T.O. Soriel, Brad Ballard, Scott Blumenthal. The gang's in. You know, we keep talking about bringing Mayer on for a cameo, and, and oh, yeah. I just I keep forgetting to call him. Yeah. Especially in the offseason. Um, so in the first segment, we were talking about how college football landscape has changed and is in the midst of some significant change and then we morphed into how this is gonna or what we learned from that into the sports medicine world and Scott and I had a bit of a disagreement in that I'm going back to the college football thing I said well you know, Notre Dame's been independent for 100 years. They should stay independent. And then Scott said, well, you can't have that kind of thinking. You have to be progressive and move, blah, 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 and think about surgery. And then we got into this heated discussion during the break. However, I think we have a, a resolution. I am one that if I find a procedure that has been perfected to the point where you have 95% plus success rate, I stick with it. That doesn't mean that if there's a new instrument, I'm not going to try it. It doesn't mean if there's a new screw device, I'm not going to try it. But the basic gist of the procedure hasn't changed. So that's how we came up with our compromise, right? Yeah, and, and, I, and I think, so the example on my end would be... Uh, uh, discectomy, herniated disc surgery. Yep. The purpose of a herniated disc surgery is to get the pressures to unpinch a pinched nerve. Hundred percent. And the way that the, the the accomplishment of that goal has been the goal since when I started practice. The little little tools and things to get there, get out quickly, maybe make a little ancillary, less tissue damage, things like that. That's gotten better. And in fact, there's a whole nother jump that uh, is happening now that might leave me behind. Which so this microdiscectomy, that wasn't around when you started training? No, and there's a little jump that's occurring now um, that may just leave me behind. Like it's going a, in there sucking it out? 
No. Oh, uh, I want to hear. I'm dying. Endoscopic discectomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it truly is arthroscopic through portals and it's. I'll teach it, you. It's become <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I use a scope every single I'll day. I mean, I, know, but I, but I can tie no, my shoelaces. I'll with teach scope. you. We'll just go from knee to but back, and it'll just be <laughs> seamless. Yeah, but there's, <laughs> you have to create artificial space. There's not a space like a like a knee joint that you fill with fluid. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a, technically it's it's difficult. There's 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 one guy in, in my practice, young surgeon, who is perfecting this thing, and uh, it's it's. It is the future, I think. It's just minim- and it's like super minimally invasive. Dude, right. That, so, that, just, so just just like my practice is is narrowing to the disc replacement thing because what we do is on the cutting edge and right. our experience. And we'll talk about you know big cities traveling to New York, regional like regional that. influence on medicine. Um, I'm sending more and more of my discectomies to the guy who's doing them through the little tube. So you know you you got you got to do what's best for the patient. And there's some. Every once in a while, there's new evolutionary, I didn't say revolutionary, evolutionary technology. And this one, if it was 30 years ago, I'd be all over it. But little, little know, histo- I've got my little niche. So. Right, right. little historical piece, which goes along with exactly what you're saying. Um, in the early, early days of arthroscopic surgery, arthroscope is an instrument. It's a camera with a light source that you stick in the joint and you look and see what you need to see. And you used to look. Exactly. In the old days, it was just diagnostic. Right. You just stick it in there and just look. And then do this surgery. And then take it out and make a big cut and do what you need to do. Um, one of the major evolutionary steps that changed arthroscopic surgery was fiber optics. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't have enough light in the knee. So you put the camera in, and it's we had it's the equivalent. dark. You can't yeah, see anything. Yeah, you had yeah. the equivalent of a 10-watt light bulb. Oh, gosh. And you're trying to look around the knee in the dark. <laughs> and the major move forward was fiber optic light so that you can have a 300-watt light bulb in the knee, and yeah, you can crazy. see everything. Yeah. Now... It, it, any one of us would be a fool to say, oh, I can do it better with the 10-watt bulb. Right. No, that, that, that that's not it. So what you're talking about is the natural evolution of technology. Correct. And and I love that. And I think it, you're right. If you go to a surgeon that says, hey, I still use the 10-watt bulb, <laughs> walk away. Yeah. 10-watt Walk away. <laughs> but, but <laughs> wasn't that a great example? <laughs> Of course, I'm not sure it was 10 watts, but whatever it was, was not enough. Was not enough. Was not enough. I clearly remember when I was with Dr. Evans and we were doing some of the first scopes, it was just dark in the knee. If if you were excited. But everybody was grateful for that little 10 watts then. Yeah. Because you didn't have it that before. You didn't have to make a big old incision. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so the natural evolution, and it's coming fast. Yeah. You know, the technology is changing. You asked me about the kind of screw that we used to hold the ACL in place. Back in the old days, we used a Kurosaka screw, which came out of Japan, and it was a metal screw. And it not it worked great. Yeah. It well, worked before fantastic. That, before that, it was just a regular screw washer. AO, AO screw and a washer. Screw and washer. Yeah. And and what what is what happened is the screw is temporary, and for some patients, we had to take them out after mm. a year or so. And so we decided, or somebody decided, well, let's just make an absorbable screw that will eventually dissolve. 
Well, now that's the state of the art. Yeah. But yeah, the natural evolution is important. If the natural evolution is going to be for Notre Dame to join the Big Ten, then so be it. But at the end of the day, it's going to be dollars and cents. Yeah. Mm. It's, going oh, to it's be, always going to be It's that. going to yeah. be, are they going to make more money with their current NBC contract, or are they going to be 120th of a Big Ten contract? What another great segue, dollar and cents. We talked about that in the pre-production, too. Yeah. yeah. What? Remind me. <laughs> Yeah, it's on. That your was list. half hour ago. <laughs> it's on your list. The uh, the the not knowing what you're gonna get paid for a surgery when you're there, you're just doing it. Yeah, uh, it, that was brilliant. I'm glad we brought that up. I'm glad you reminded me of that. <laughs> so we were talking about. <clears throat> when we meet, gosh, this is uh, this is heavy for seven twenty three in the morning. Um. When I have a new patient and I see the chart in the door and I'm about to walk in, as I'm flipping through the chart, what's going through my mind is, am I going to be able to help this person? That's what's going through my mind. The, and I'm not going to throw the entire new generation under the bus, but there are some who look at that new chart and they're thinking some kind of a profit center, dollars and cents. Yeah, what, but I don't, I don't think that's a new generation thing. It's, I think it's, it's a... Yeah, it's always been around, always perhaps. Been around. Yeah. yeah. But so d- we look at a new patient and say, can I help this patient? Regardless, regardless of what the payback might be. Right. And there are others who look at a new patient and say, oh, well, there's a set of x-rays, there's an MRI, there's maybe an injection or two. They're looking at the chart as a... Like you said, a profit center. Yeah. And 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 Scott and I were talking, hell, all three of us were talking about basketball. Mm-hmm. We, we, we used the, the NBA reference. There are folks in the NBA that we all grew up with that really didn't put much emphasis on the contract. I, 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 I like to think that Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, they were going to play hard no matter what the contract said. Right. Agreed. Jordan Jordan wasn't the highest paid player whenever he – now, he had endorsements, but I'm talking about right. his contractual agreement with the Bulls. Right. I don't think he was the highest paid player, was no. he? Not, Whenever he, in, not in the league, no. Yeah, no. You know, Luca, he, he wants to win. I mean, you can see in his eyes the way he plays, mm-hmm. the intensity by which he plays. He is playing because he loves the sport and he loves to win. Right. The dollars and cents take care of themselves. Right. But then there are others, and I'm not going to throw out any names, that, that you can tell that they're playing so that they can pad their stats so that they can get a bigger contract and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they go from team to team to team. So the same as in medicine. Yeah. The same thing we see in medicine. You, I do the procedure. In fact, there are so many cases that I don't really want to know how much I'm getting paid. <laughs> because it's just going to be frustrating. It would make me mad. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We, yes. we, we, Welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, talked about, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I just did one of those surgeries yesterday. I think you may have worked this girl up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Compartment syndrome, exertional compartment syndrome. Very elective. If you're running uh, and after you run for a while, the muscles in your lower legs get so tense 
that it hurts, you have to stop. People have called it shin splints for decades, but it's actually a real problem. And what you do is you do what's called a compartment release. Well, it's kind of hairy surgery. I mean, because you're next to vessels and nerves and blood vessels. and Which you don't see because you're doing it through a small incision. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's kind of a hairy surgery. And so uh, about three or four weeks ago, maybe longer, I was doing one with one of my young partners. And he said, gosh, you're one of the few sports docs that does this. I said, why? I mean, it's a sports injury. Why am I one of the few sports docs who do this? And he said, well, because it doesn't pay very well. Mm -hmm. And after the surgery was over, I, you, you I went and asked, to go look up. Yeah. $650 to be all over all the big nerves and vessels of the lower leg. Yeah. You would think. That's just an insult. You would think that, gosh, why would you even take that risk? Well, because it needs to be done. The patient right, right, needs right, to right. have it done. Right. And, and uh, you know, yeah, so in so many ways, I don't really want to know how much I'm getting reimbursed for that. Well, so. And I don't know how you, Scott, do all that hairy spine surgery. And and risk of paralysis and risk of death and all that stuff for you know for pennies on the dollar. I it's yeah. So uh, so one of the actually the biggest barrier. So so we talk a lot about artificial disc surgery and there's artificial disc in the low back and artificial disc in the neck. Mm -hmm. Artificial disc in the neck, cervical spine, is unequivocally for certain diagnoses a better surgery. My wife's coming to see you for that, by the way. Okay. All right. Um. You just derailed me. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> what was I going with this? Oh, so I was going with this, that um, m the most common surgery done is a fusion in the neck. Mm -hmm. Fusions cause problems down the road. Sometimes they're the correct option. About 80% of the time, they are not. So 80% so of patients with disc problems in the neck can be treated and should be treated with artificial disc. Which is a replacement which preserves motion. And, correct. Right, okay. So why, why do... Why is it the opposite? 80% of patients that go to a general spine surgeon get a fusion, not an artificial disc. It's all dollars. It, artificial disc reimburses about two-thirds of what a fusion. That makes no sense to me. Zero. Right, it's technically, that makes zero it's technically sense to a me. More, it's technically a more exacting surgery. Takes about the same time, so time-wise, it's about the same. So at worst, it should be that the same. That absolutely makes no sense to me. So it is what it is, and obviously we've embraced that because that's what we do, which means we're probably not very good businessmen. But right. like you said, uh, you, 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 it's I the right wanna, thing to do. It's the right thing to do, and and, and it's, it's it's proven in scientific literature, but many spine surgeons don't offer it. Because it, it, of the economic, and I'm going to get a lot of grief I know. for people listening to the show, but it's it's the truth. The old example we used to do knee fusions. Oh my gosh, what about oh my what about gosh, barbaric that procedure? Horrible. Which means that your leg is in a fixed position for the rest of your life. Mm. I, 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 we used to do that. We used to do that, and oh my, every time I think about it, I cringe. You can't That's get a, barbaric, you can't get dude. into the front seat of the car because yeah. your leg is fixed in a certain in one position. Yeah. You can't walk without a limp. It was it was it was a horrible disaster. And then knee replacements came around and they said, Oh, well no wait. Instead of fusing the knee, what's we what, let's do a knee replacement. I, I, I've not heard of a fusion in twenty five years. Oh yeah, I've never seen it. So knee I think fusion. I think this is probably where your field is gonna go, Scott. Oh it's it's twenty five years from now. Evolutionary, but you know, this this technology has been now approved two decades and its penetration is still not what it should be. One 
I'm, we have to go on break, but I'm going to just throw this out. You told me a long time ago that, um, was it Frank Job that said, I deal in lifestyle surgery? Mm. Who was it? No, it was, it was an L.A. Times writer back in the 80s, maybe, who was doing an article about orthopedic surgeons, and she said, uh, these are surgeons that do not typically save lives. They save lifestyles. And right. That's what we do. We're, we do. And I use that line in clinic all the time. Mark my words. In the medical business of medicine future, lifestyle surgery is going to be the patient's nickel. No question. There, you know, it, no longer. You know, if you want, if you want a fusion, we'll pay for it. If you want a disc replacement, it's going to be your nickel. Mm. If you want to play tennis again and you need a scope for your meniscus, it's going to be your nickel. Mm-hmm. And Blue Cross isn't going to pay for that. I'm just speculating. Yeah. But I really think that's where the pendulum is going to go. Inside Sports Medicine, quick break, coming right back. Inside Sports Medicine with Dr. Tio Soriel, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Dr. Soriel's comments are meant for informational and educational purposes only and not as a treatment. His comments are not a substitute for a visit with your doctor. And now, Dr. Tio Soriel. This is it. That's John Philip Sousa. Welcome back. Fourth of July weekend in North Texas. I was going to say, even if you didn't know the name of this song, yeah. you've had to have heard it. Everybody has, I think, at some point. Yep. Yeah, so it's the classic Fourth of July march. But I don't know what it's called. But John Philip Sousa is the writer or the, what do you call that? Composer. 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 The President's Own is the name of the song. Oh. Oh. Interesting. The President's Own? That's I correct. I could not guess that. That's, that is good trivia. Welcome back to Inside Sports Medicine. You're going to hit somebody with that this weekend, aren't you? Yeah. You're going <laughs> to All right. Who, who can we piss off this segment? Oh, no. We're not done. We're not done. Oh, we still have a, another half hour of irritating people. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's go to the phones. Let's go to the phone. Let's phones. see who we irritated on the phone. No, Jim wants to talk to you, I think. Hey, Jim, good morning. You're on Inside Sports Medicine. What's up? Hey, guys. Um, got lower back issues. Um, I've been diagnosed with stenosis of the lumbar area with the degenerative changes my doc told me it was basically arthritis um i've heard you all talk about prp before would prp be a good procedure for um for what i'm going through now would it help alleviate the pain well we just happen to have two experts sitting right here at the table me not being one of them (laughs) uh brad billard's a prp expert scott blumenthal's a spine expert Guys, do you do you do spine PRP? I don't do spine now? PRP though. So. so, so so PRP, and Brad can explain this much better than me. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna skip all the other stuff. Platelet-rich PR- plasma PRP is a very potent anti-inflammatory. Right. It's, correct. It it has it uses your own cells to fight inflammation. So it works very quickly. It works very profoundly, and it wears off very quickly yeah. and very profoundly. It's very temporary. For the low back, um, most of the time insurance doesn't cover it because there's no good studies for for lumbar on PRP and and maybe if there's a pain doc out there who does it will argue with me. But my experience is the patients of mine that have gone to get PRP or other blood-based anti-inflammatory treatments 
usually come back. Now, stenosis only make as as your diagnosis of stenosis, it only makes a difference if you're having symptoms beyond low back pain, if it affects your legs. If it's just back pain, then the stenosis is irrelevant. It's just the, the lumbar disc degeneration and the arthritic stuff. And, you know, that's, you know, you usually you, you try different types of injections. I, I don't have any problem with PRP. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. not going to do any harm. So when you say stenosis, you're talking pinching? Is that what? So yeah, he so, has, so we're talking about a mechanical problem. Right. Yeah. So spinal stenosis, which he, he said he had stenosis, it's, it's pinched nerves. Okay. And when that causes, the symptoms from that are symptoms that affect the legs. Weakness, heaviness, numbness and tingling, problems walking distances or standing for a prolonged period of time. Most patients with stenosis just have back pain, and it's from the arthritic slash degenerative changes, and that's where we would focus our treatment, not ah. on the stenosis, if the stenosis is not causing stenosis symptoms. Well, philosophically, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that helps, Jim. Yep, it does. Thank you. A lot. Thank you. All right. Um, Great question. It was. Okay, so... I don't even know. Should I tell the Facebook people? So Jim's call was about, does PRP help for spinal stenosis? And right. You've already heard the answers. Yeah. I, I yeah. should have done that before. Well, I mean, and for, for clarification, when it comes to PRP, like you said, I don't do spine. Mm. But we've seen PRP work well when it comes to other joints for a, a longer period of time. It's much better uh, studied in the peripheral oh, yeah. joints Knees, than in the... Uh... Yeah. So, well, I had it. You right. didn't do it. You did yeah. it. And right, right. Elbow, so yeah. so for knees yeah. and, and soft tissue, elbow, stuff like that, it really elbow. works. Yeah. yeah. So for so for different regions of the body, that's what we're kind of seeing is that PRP may be a great fit in one area versus another. I, I don't do it for spine, but when it comes to other joints and soft tissue, tendons, stuff like that, it works extraordinary. 100%. All right, let's go to Mark. Mark, good morning. You're on Inside Sports Medicine. What's up? Good morning, uh, gentlemen. I actually had stenosis in the um, cervical spine, mm. and um, I had it for six years. I had injections, um, gosh, injections. I had PT. I had acupuncture, and finally, I was at wit's end, and um, I saw Doctor Ziegler, and he referred me over to Doctor Eric Hall, who is a miracle worker. Um, had uh, C four five six. Um, used and he showed me he did something neat where i i guess with the um stenosis they, they take bone off they put that back in use your own bone to fuse but um i'm i'm uh, seven weeks out and post-surgery and couldn't um give you guys enough praise for for what you did i'm my left hand was paired the i pinched nerves um i couldn't feel the two middle fingers but now everything's fantastic so i was I was terrified to get the surgery, but um, looking back, I, I don't know why I should have been so scared. No, fantastic. Dr. Ziegler is also one of the world experts on artificial disc surgery, so you fell under the 20% yeah, that yeah. were not candidates if he sent like. you to, do, yeah. to the, for a fusion. So uh, glad you did well. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you all, all you do. That was great. That was great. Uh, all right. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm in town this weekend. This is great. Um. I'm torn. No, because yes. we have we have just a few minutes to go to get calls mm-hmm. versus to kind of finish up what we had on our on our pre-production. I really media. want to talk about the regional, the, the regional thing. Yeah, I know. So, th- so this was a big deal that I wanted to talk about. It, that regional bias around the United States in that, oh, you know, New York is way better medical care than Texas, uh, or 
um, L.A. is is better cosmetic surgeons than Dallas. <laughs> and, 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 and I really want to set the record straight, and it's not just because I've lived in Dallas for 45 years, but it, it's because that is so not true. That is so not true. You may have an excellent foot and ankle guy in New York, but you may have an equally excellent foot and ankle girl in Dallas. Not me, it, it, more it, than likely. It, you do. Yeah. So it, it, I, I'm, I would, you know, we talked about ACLs earlier. I, I would put up my ACL results against anybody in, in the country. It, it, the regional bias to me um, is unwarranted. Your thoughts, you've traveled all over the world. I think if anybody can answer that is you. So the, the, the very complicated question. So let's first look 40,000 foot view. Okay. You're going to see in a big city, you're going to have lots of doctors. You're going to have the top and you're going to have the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you can get really bad surgery in LA or Dallas or New York. Plus, but you can also, if you go to the right people, get the best surgery. <laughs> Rural, I mean, there, there's, it's more competitive in a big city. So you're going to have more of the top doctors gravitate. If right. You're, if you're successful in a big city, you've competed against the other top doctors. So, like, and I get, so I don't know what about you're ACL. saying. The cream but, rose to the top because right. I mean, because so, there's a level of competition and just. So why do why are there cancer centers? People, people right. you know, play, you go to. MD Anderson for cancer treatment. You don't stay in Midland, Texas. Yeah, no, 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 I mean, no, no, no. So I, I rural urban—that's one thing. I get the rural urban, but if if you're going to get a disc replacement, mm-hmm. are they doing it any better than you in Portland? No, it's I mean, all—it's it's it's all it's, surgeon. Dep- you're absolutely correct. It's all surgeon dependent. If you could, if you have a surgeon in Portland that's done a thousand disc replacements like I have, or maybe two hundred or four hundred, they're they're probably doing getting the same results that we are this came up this came up and gosh we talked about this maybe 10 15 years ago uh when i was president of the nba physicians association um there was a standard of care that we wanted to um maintain for all 30 teams when if one of my players was being seen in Memphis, I expected their medical care to be on the same level as as our medical care. And so what we noticed when we had all these discussions is that, gosh, we pretty much all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. 30 different markets, we pretty much all do the same thing. So the regional bias, if you're a player, oh, I'm going to New York to get my ACL done. It's just false. Right. Or or my it's Achilles just, done. It's just or false. Whatever. I'm going to Green Bay to get my Achilles done. He doesn't do any better than anybody else. He's just done more. Right. If he moves to if he moves from Green Bay to Detroit, does that now mean that Green Bay has worse medicine? Or it just it's just right. I no, think this I mean, regional bias is you're right. It's it, doctor it, dependent, not regional. It's doctor dependent, dependent. And, and now with the, the internet and such. Oh yeah, um, the internet definitely You can, you up can up identify you, you can identify the centers or specific surgeons that do a lot. I mean, yeah. look at, you know, sports hernias. You know, there's certain places you go for sports hernias. Thoracic outlets, certain places you go for thoracic outlets. Um, they're a little yeah. rarer, so it's hard to get big numbers. When yeah. we come back, I want to talk about an extension of this. And um, it was an interesting case that I saw a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to share. 
This is Inside Sports Medicine. T.O. Soriel, Brad Ballard, Scott Blumenthal coming back. Just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Welcome back. Who is this? I'm not sure I know. Oh. Lee Greenwood. Okay. That was the USA. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Fourth of July weekend in North Texas. Going to be a hot one. Be safe out there. So, yeah, so there is there is a delicate conversation in medicine where it's not that you don't agree with the previous opinion. That happens all the time. That happens all the time. Uh, I see somebody for a tennis elbow. Somebody says cortisone. Somebody says PRP. It's okay. I call those style points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, I would do differently, but that's just style points. Yeah, it's okay to disagree, and that happens all the time. But then there is that delicate conversation to have where it just wasn't done right. You know, and I back in the old days, I, I never did knee replacements, but you'd see a knee replacement that was in cattywampus. Mm-hmm. It was just crooked. <laughs> I don't think that term's used um, in the, by the next generation. Ca- you, may have to de- you may have to define that for Dr. Ballard. No, no, no. I've, I, you got I know that what he's one? talking about. The re- but the reason I'm laughing because I've heard some some stories of, of people who unfortunately, yeah, they just missed the mark on a knee replacement. Back in the day when we were it residents. Was nothing, yeah, it's like it was all freehand. Well, you, you remember? Well, you probably don't remember this. An x-ray of a knee replacement where the condyle was put in backwards? Oh, goodness. That I've not seen. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, it, that goodness. The delicate conversation of telling the patient, well. I wouldn't have done it like that. Yeah. Or it probably could be a little straighter. Or, or I mean, I just, it, it is such a difficult thing because we're all taught not to talk bad about other doctors, but sometimes you just got to call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and in my world of spine with disc replacements, patients see their x-rays and-, and Well, they, they don't know what they're looking at. Well, you would, you would be surprised how sophisticated patients are because they get on internet and they say- Show show me a picture of what a good cervical artificial disploid will look mm. like. Oh. And I've had patients come with it a couple millimeters in towards the spinal cord. Huh? And they say, that doesn't look right to me, doc. I, you know, and I've had to revise them and said, yeah, that's- Wait, a- you revise something that's two millimeters off? No. It, it, well, in, oh. the, in the cervical spine, if it's, if it's wow. bumping against the spinal cord, yes. If it's two millimeters off to the left or the right, absolutely not. That happens to me all the time. I mean, there's a tolerance that these things right, have. Right, 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 You got a room. You got some One tolerance room. you don't have is pinching Anterior the spinal posterior. cord. Yeah. <laughs> Anterior is okay, yeah. unless it's all the way so out. So we were talking about but, ACLs. So you, your ACLs, you're basically drilling tunnels in the tibia and the femur, and you're trying to line it up where the old ACL used to live. And yeah, you can be two or three millimeters off, and I, I'm sure that I've so been two or three millimeters. It's like a drastic difference, yeah. But you can't be two or three centimeters off. Mm. That, that, then you're way off. And then the question comes, well, how do you break this to the patient? That, and, and this was the, the case that I had last week that I had to kind of tell the, the young man and his dad in that, look, we'll get you past this stress fracture, but if it happens again, we may have to redo the whole thing. And 
Then is that it, salvageable when there's already a tunnel yeah, in, there? It, it was so far off, I can put a whole new tunnel. Okay, and it won't, mm. when it won't fracture yes. into it? Okay. Yes. All right. A whole new tunnel. And so so that was, that. I just, I never know how to approach that. I mean, I did. I told I, I told the dad, and we went out and looked at the x-rays, and I said, look, this is, this is not an acceptable place to put it because you do have these issues. And, and he said, so this was interesting. I want to see what you guys think. He said, should I call the doctor and tell him? And I, I, I don't know. What, what do you, what, how do you answer that question when dad says, should I call the doctor and said that he, he didn't put it in a good spot? It's up to you, sir. I, I, I don't, it's up I, to you. Well, here's the question. Is, it's not going to change do, anything. No, right. no, it won't. But do you think the physician knew that he didn't? I don't know. I actually thought about calling him myself and saying, hey, well, look, you know, your, that's tunnel, interesting. your tunnel was way off. So that's interesting you mentioned that because I saw a second opinion um, from, a, again, a cervical artificial disc that... Should we be talking about this on the radio? That needed to be revoked. It's okay. Too late. Too late. Yeah. That genie's already Flag on the bottle. Um, that need to be revised. And it was put in by someone I know who's a good surgeon. And it was the wrong disc to put in. It just was the wrong mechanics. Ah. But when it was put in, we didn't know that. We know that now. Mm. So I told the patient, I, I, I said, I put that disc in all the time when you had yours in. Yeah. We've now learned he did not do anything wrong. Unfair and, comparison. Unfair, unfair comparison. Oh, no, 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 no. But, but he's yeah. just sharing a story, which but, I get. Which but, is, he's, but I asked the patient, I said, do you mind if I call him to right. just let him know that we're thinking about And the patient said, no, I don't want you to. Oh, mm. interesting. Could, I had a bad interaction last time I was there. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, because, okay. because look, uh, there, he didn't do anything wrong. It just was. There right. are a lot of things right. that we did 10, 15 years ago right. that we know now don't work. Don't, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. So, but, but we've also had circumstances like we talked about it at our teaching conference yesterday where you show an x-ray and it's like, okay. Caddy Wampus. Caddy Wampus. Um, and it's a delicate balance, particularly. It is. And this delicate. was a younger surgeon that was presenting the case. And they don't have the leeway that you and yeah. I have at this point. All right, let's go to the phones one last time. Hopefully it's a quick call. What's up? It's Eric, right? Yeah. Hey, Eric, good morning. Hey, you're, you're on. What's up? Real quick question because uh, in terms of uh, I got an MRI back on my knee, and basically they're just showing some multiple vertical radial tears. I'm reading it right off the report of the body and adjacent posterior horn. And... Um, some grade two cartilage thinning. What do you think, just in general? Well, be, uh, so it's a radio show, and we don't. Yeah, we're not going to interpret an MRI on a radio show because there's a lot that goes along with it. It's you know, it's your examination, it's your symptoms, it's you know, can you sleep at night? It's not just an MRI, and so um, I don't know how to interpret that. And it it's a big picture thing. Uh, if 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 all of these findings are on the medial side, but your pain's on the lateral side, then they probably mean absolutely nothing. If all of these symptoms are night symptoms, then it probably means nothing. I mean, so you, you probably have to have the interpretation from the doctor who ordered it so right. that he or she can match up that the, the with, findings with the symptoms. Right, to get the total picture. The MRI is a, is a portion of the whole portrait being painted. So... Um, yeah. You know, the the exam, the history, what you're looking to try to go back to, to doing in terms of activity, all that kind of plays a part. Yeah. So almost all MRIs are going to show something abnormal. Yes. And the question for the the ordering physician is, is this relevant or is this incidental? 
Sorry, Eric, we got to run. Hey, uh, All right. All right. Qu- uh, quick, quickly, I got some text here. Since we're already talking about TBI docs, they want to know the name of the doc with, who's doing this endoscopic, this new discectomy. His name sure. is Peter Derman. So just uh, answer those questions. Does he actually use a scope scope? Because if he it does, is, I can I can help him. He absolutely does. He actually does a scope scope. It Perfect. is very cool. Uh, and uh, and you go home a couple hours after the surgery. We probably done. I've probably done five thousand scopes. So is, yeah, I it's. I, I'm excited about that. It's it is very cool technology. Like I said, if it was thirty years younger, I'd be learning it myself. So the ultimate goal is to actually remove the disc fragment. How you get to it is irrelevant. Correct. And this does <laughs> very little t- ancillary tissue damage. You're out of the hospital in a couple hours, just like a knee scope. <laughs> Love it, it is. It is very cool. Um. I don't even know if we want to go into this. Do you remember Dave Selby, who was our um, mentor way back when? Yes. So Dr. Selby, may rest in peace, uh, one of the foremost spine surgeons, innovative, changed the landscape, wouldn't you say? No question about it. Yeah. Um, when, when Dave left, when Dave left... Uh, surgery on a Friday um, and you had a problem over the weekend you couldn't call him you just went to the ER right we can't we don't do that anymore do we no, no. <laughs> those were back in the days because all my patients definitely the surgical patients get my cell number so somebody t- called me or texted me the other day and I was thinking back in the Dave Selby days when he left at five o'clock you did not hear from rat. him. It you did not rat. hear from him until Look, Monday. Get yeah. your questions in now. Yeah. <laughs> because right. we're not talking again until Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. But All if right. they show, but if they showed up at the hospital, we took we took turns moonlighting and, yeah. and sleeping at that hospital and taking calls. Right. All right, this wraps up episode eight fifty one. Uh goodness gracious. I hope you guys have a good, safe fourth of July weekend. Uh you can come see us at Texas Sports Medicine or Dr. Blumenthal at Center for Disc Replacement. Until next week, on behalf of all of us here on The Ticket and Inside Sports Medicine, tell your friends.